up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, April 2nd. Welcome to draft month, baby. Yes, MLB started yesterday. I know, I know. And that's cool. Actually, I'm really happy that baseball's back. I'm not a baseball guy. It's way down on my list. I, I, I can watch a baseball game. I like going to baseball games or something relaxing about it. You know, there's something nostalgic about it to me for sure. But, you know, football, basketball, a couple other sports and baseball. I, I don't mind it. But what I like about it, I tell you, it's a return to normalcy and it feels good that there is baseball here in April. So if you're a baseball person, you know, definitely shout out to you. But it's draft month. It is freaking draft month. So to tie a bow on uh, the things that we're doing to prep for this buildup, we're going to talk about the remaining rankings, wide receiver and tight end on the show today. Then next week, it is officially on. I'm fired up. I already have quarterback rookie profiles and rankings up at FTNFantasy.com, but we're going to continue to roll out all this content through the month. And then boom, end of the month, draft, and then boom, We're into OTAs and all that fun stuff, and then boom, we're in the preseason, and then boom, it's here. So, game on, baby. Before I get into that, let me tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps, and you don't have to play against sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports. Monkey Night Fight has it all, and you know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. Of course, with a name like MonkeyNightFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win state nature restrictions. Apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so already talked about quarterback rankings and running back rankings. Let's tie a bow on the post-free agency rankings uh, with wide receiver here and tight end. Tight end, honestly, I mean, I, I do think there's like, 20 plus draftable guys but you know I think the bigger topic is just the state of the position as a whole so we'll get to that in a few minutes wide receiver is deep as you would expect but I do think there is a clear top tier of guys so you do have Devontae Adams Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs for me those guys really are are a little bit separate from everybody else and I'll tell you why in a minute but you know we know the production is there for Adams We know the enormous ceiling of Hill. He has arguably the highest ceiling of any player in fantasy football. And Stephon Diggs showed an enormous ceiling last year. Floor-ceiling combo out the wazoo with those three. They're all going to be first-round picks this year in our home league redraft 12-teamers, right? But after that, there's this interesting collection of players. So uh, essentially, if I round out the top 10, I have... This the Young Bucks, and then I have the veterans. So the Young Bucks, DK, AJ Brown, and Calvin Ridley. I actually have it DK, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, but really close. So DK at four, believe it or not, I have Calvin Ridley at five, I have AJ Brown at six. But I will be clear about this, and I'm going to say this a hundred times, at least a hundred, right? A hundred times before we get to drafts in August, the rankings we shouldn't sweat as much as the groupings. 
These players are grouped together because they're all wide receiver ones for me. They are all younger players with very high upside. They aren't necessarily the safest. Maybe Ridley might be the safest of the three, but they aren't necessarily the safest of this top 10. But the ceiling for them is, you know, for any one of those guys could take them up into elite territory. The other cluster of players, which I rank from seven down to 10, is DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, and Michael Thomas. Now, these are more veteran players, higher floor players, maybe not necessarily highest ceiling players. Like Hopkins is getting older. So the the floor is massive, but I don't think the ceiling is quite what it was earlier in his career. Same thing with Allen's never really had a huge ceiling. Allen Robinson has to play with, you know, Andy Dalton. And then Michael Thomas, we don't know the quarterback situation there, and he's coming off a down year. So still all wide receiver ones, but, you know, different type of player. So the key takeaway here, these rankings obviously are going to change pretty significantly between now and August. So I'm using the rankings in, in a lot of ways to sort of group the players and to make statements about the the overall state of the position. So again, not really worth arguing. Oh, how could you have, how could you have DeAndre Hopkins behind uh, AJ Brown or whatever? Like that's not really the point. It's just there's two different types of wide receiver ones in this group. Now I did not put Justin Jefferson in the top ten, but I did put him at eleven. He's like maybe a half step behind the young guns of Metcalf, Brown, Ridley, because. He only has done it once, whereas, you know, we've seen upside really from from the gate with Metcalf and Brown out of out of their, um, you know, first two years. I don't I'm not saying Justin Jefferson can't. And believe me, I'm ragging the dude at 11. So I obviously still buying in on him. And there is a sizable gap between him and Thielen now in my rankings. But uh, I, I just think that people are going to look back to last year and maybe even higher than I am on him. Then I have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I rank them at 12 and 13. I literally have them in the exact same spot. You know, on my draft board, they'd be side by side. The point here, Godwin will give you a higher floor. I do think he bounces back, and he has every reason to do so this year because he's playing on the franchise tag. He's He wants to get paid. He's going to get paid. So I love him, and I love Evans, but, you know, more volatility with Evans. That's the, the one thing you have to take on board if you're drafting him. Then I have another cluster of three players with a lot of juice. DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Kenny Galladay. Moore is going to be in a better position for more volume with Curtis Samuel out of there. Hopefully a better quarterback in there, but that's yet to be determined. Uh, McLaurin has a better quarterback in play in Fitzy. I love that. And then Kenny Galladay, I mean, we don't. it is a quarterback downgrade from Stafford last year to Jones this year. But that's not to say Jones can't take a step forward. And I, I dig Kenny Galladay. I just the big thing for him is he got to he's got to stay on the field. If he stays on the field, I'm probably too low at 16 on him. But we can't guarantee that. Then I have Amari Cooper, uh, Robert Woods, Julio Jones, veteran players, varying degrees of upside. I'm maybe a tad lower on Cooper than I have been in the past, but that's because I have Ceedee Lamb. At 22. So Cooper for me comes in at 17. Not a sizable gap there. I think CD takes a step forward this year. Julio obviously coming back to the pack a little bit here at 19. Uh, Bob Woods, I might be too low on him with Matty Stafford in there. Uh, I also have Cooper Cup uh, at 24. So, you know, those guys are always wide receiver twos for me and they both are going to benefit. I just think they will be a little bit more run heavy this year. 
but not not enough to significantly impact those guys. Uh, after them, I do have it as Adam Thielen, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk. So that's the lead in there to uh, Cooper Cup. Love Brandon Ayuk this year. Love him. Now, Thielen obviously has fallen in my ranks from where he was last year, but I think rightfully so. It was a really touchdown-heavy year. The yardage production wasn't that good for him last year. So that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, initially I was really low on T. Higgins, but that was the thought process was essentially, oh, this team's going to draft a wideout. I don't think they're going to draft a wideout. If anything, if, if they draft any pass catcher, it's Kyle Pitts at five, but I really think Penny Sewell is the, is the pick there. All right, uh, moving on. Out, just on the outside of the wide receiver twos, Deontay Johnson. I mean, Ben is low A dot, you know, very old Ben at this point, but he loves himself some Deontay Johnson. The problem, though, is I have Johnson at 25, I have Juju at 27, and I have Chase Claypool at 33. So they're all top 36, which is hard to do on any given team, but there really isn't a definitive this is the guy on this roster because I think Juju coming back, Juju coming back is what screws it up for me. Deontay was easily a top 20 guy if Juju was gone. And then I would, you know, I would probably have, I, I would have Claypool close to where where I have uh, Johnson right now. But having all those extra targets, I mean, you're talking a lot of targets will go to Juju. That kind of screws everything up. I have Will Fuller right after Deontay Johnson at 26. I like him there. I like him a lot better than I like Devontae Parker there. Remember, you will be suspended for a game, though. Then I have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase at 27. I, I set this up as essentially a baseline for expectation. I do expect him to step right in and produce in the right situation. Now, where does he land? As of right now, you would have to think that six is in play. Five could potentially be in play. I don't want to completely eliminate the Bengals, but I just don't see it happening. It feels way too luxurious when you need offensive line help, and you can get offensive line help, or luxurious when you can draft a position-redefining player in Kyle Pitts. But I think six makes a lot of sense, which would be Miami, which then probably hurts his value. So I'm setting the baseline as, you know, sort of a front end wide receiver three, but he could move down from there. He could move up if he doesn't land there and he lands elsewhere too, by the way, let's keep that in mind. You know, there is the possibility that he doesn't go at six. Let's say, let's say it goes Penny Sewell at five at six. Miami then goes, uh, uh, Kyle Pitts. Detroit could be in play for Jamar chase. Let's say they don't go, with it, and they go, um, you know, let's say they go, I don't know, uh, Mike, Micah Parsons. Then if Carolina is still there, they're in play. Or if Atlanta trades down to eight from Carolina, they're in play. I mean, there's a lot of potential outcomes. So we're going to readjust uh, when we obviously know the landing spot, but I just want to give you kind of a baseline of where, where he could be in a, you know, in a, in a somewhat favorable situation. I don't want to say extremely favorable. Uh, after Chase, I do have Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I misspoke. I have Juju at 28. I'm reading my list too quickly here. And Jamar Chase at 27. 29, DJ Chark. 30, Cortland Sutton. Uh, 31, Tyler Lockett. Now, with Chark and Sutton, plenty of upside. Really depends on who's throwing them the ball. Obviously, Chark, we think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So, 
you know, that helps. But I, I still think we're going to view him as an upside wide receiver three. Same thing with Sutton, and very likely Sutton, regardless of who's throwing him the ball, unless they do something crazy, which can't rule out at this point. Uh, as for Lockett, no, it's, isn't that the weirdest? Like, I feel like there's somebody like mess with the math here. How did he get over 100? How did he get 100 catches last year? Like, that's mind boggling. But I think we know what he is now. He is a wide receiver three who has a weekly wide receiver one ceiling, but he probably isn't going to hit it because DK is more the guy and they run the ball too darn much. Uh, 32 OBJ. I think that's fair for Beckham. You'll be able to get him at half a discounted price. Like I said, Chase Claypool at 33. Rounding out the top 36 here, I have it as Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy, and Debo Samuel. So I'd still like Debo Samuel. I just, you know, a little bit concerned about the health. I think Boyd, I've consistently called him a poor man's Cooper Cup. And I, I don't mean that as a diss. I mean, like, Take like 90% of Cooper Cup, and that's Tyler Boyd. And, you know, it's not a bad thing, especially with Joe Burrow there. He's going to be a wide receiver three plus. Jerry Judy, as long as he's not miscast as a slot receiver this year, which he shouldn't with KJ out there, then he's in a good spot. Uh, let me just roll through a few more for you here. I'm not going to go too deep, but uh, real quick, just on the outside looking in, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, so some speed guys. You have Devontae Smith, who, you know, could be, you know, again, this is setting a baseline here, but could be higher than this after we get landing spot. Uh, Jarvis, Robbie Anderson, Jalen Waddell, another baseline. Corey Davis as, um, you know, essentially the one there for the Jets, but I'm obviously not too optimistic. Curtis Samuel, Rashad Bateman, another rookie. Devontae Parker, I'm not particularly high on. He just doesn't connect well with Tua. And then LaVisca Chenault. That's your top 48. I'll give you 50. Michael Gallup, Mike Williams, rounds out the top 50 there. Uh, let's move on to tight end. So there is a big three this year. It's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. And what we in invariably see in fantasy football is if something big happens, there is an immediate overreaction to whatever that big thing is. In 2015, zero RB. If you went zero RB, you won your league in 2015. You won your league if you went zero RB. If you went 0 RB in 2016, you were probably like 70% of fantasy football and you did not win your league. The pendulum swung way too far. 0 RB went from being a sort of fringe strategy, like only a few people would apply it, to being status quo. And it happened in a year where Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, they broke 0 RB. So this year... If you had Travis Kelsey last year, you won your league. <laughs> Probably. People are going to overreact to that. And I do think we need to react to everything, but not overreact. And I think we need to put into context, why did Travis Kelsey win leagues? Well, A, it was a really good year. Darren Waller also had a historically good year, by the way. But B, it was while George Kittle was injured. So think about it. The team with George Kittle would have had an elite tight end. You take that team out of the mix now. So now you're you're at a, a more sizable advantage. I do think there's at least three, and there could be more than three elite tight ends this year, but it is the big three. So it has to be put into context. And what's going to happen is people are going to draft Travis Kelsey probably in the first round. They're going to draft George Kittle in the early second. They're going to draft Aaron Waller in the late second. And for me, that's too much. I think Travis Kelsey is probably more appropriate, appropriately valued like just outside of the early second round. So maybe the fourth pick in the second round. Uh, Kittle, a back-end second round pick. And then Waller is a third round pick. 
I, I think that's appropriate value. Like, I'm not super low on these guys, but my board is going to be structured differently than the way that ADP plays out. And and just think about it. So this is a onesie position, right? You only start one of these guys. You start two running backs, probably three wide receivers, and then a flex, which is an additional running back or receiver. So you need three starting running backs potentially or upwards of three, and then upwards of four starting wide receivers. You only need one starting tight end. I would rather dominate my opponents at running back and wide receiver than at tight end, and I would rather punt tight end as a result. Now, I know last year teams with Travis Kelsey won leagues, but teams with Travis Kelsey didn't necessarily win every stinking league the year before. So this is where we kind of are. It's going to be an overreaction due to recency bias. I don't think this is the play. I think in best ball, sure, you have to have exposure to everybody if you're playing enough best ball leagues. But in redraft leagues, like I'm in three home redraft leagues, that's it. That's all I want to pay attention to. I don't want to do more. I love me some fantasy football, but I don't want to lose my mind on Tuesday nights every single week during the season when I have to put in waivers. Three is enough for me. The most I've ever done uh, is I, I one year I had nine leagues that I paid attention to, and it was too much. I will do so. These are three home leagues. I'll do one industry league that you know has uh, dues, <laughs> has some money on the line. Otherwise, that's it. Then I got my dynasty leagues. Then it's it's betting, it's DFS, and you know I check my best ball scores when they come through. That's that's all I need. And I'm telling you, in these three home leagues that matter to me, I will not draft George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, or Darren Waller unless they fall way too far, which we know they're not going to. In those leagues, I may focus on middle round, but I'm going to focus on value there. But it's likely going to be punt at the position, spend almost nothing on it, and really swing for the fences. So I'll tell you who I'm looking at there in a minute. I just, you know, again, the pendulum, when it swings too far, a reaction is a good thing and overreaction is a bad thing. And that's where we are. I think we're going to be in overreaction territory with tight ends. So after those guys, I have Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Dallas Goddard as sort of my next mini tier. Andrews could be elite, but that that really requires Lamar to be elite in terms of his touchdown efficiency and we don't always see that with Lamar so that's why Andrews is just on the outside there Hawkinson has a downgraded quarterback but he's coming off a breakout year and then Goddard should be the guy this year with it likely that Zach Ertz is traded before the season starts then another group here and those guys will be there's going to be some gap rounds like if Waller's off the board by the mid to late second we probably won't see another tight end until the fifth round you know unless somebody is really high on Andrews but after that group, you have this, this um, again, another little collection of Noah Fant, Robert Tunyon, uh, Logan Thomas, Mike Gesicki. Unfortunately, the secret's out on Logan Thomas. Um, Tunyon, he's going to have some touchdown regression from last year, but he's still a really quality option. Gesicki just con- continues to get better. If they draft Pitts, then obviously that changes things. But he continues to get better. Thomas has an upgraded quarterback as well. And and Fant, by the way, quarterback situation definitely brings him down. Because I think from a talent standpoint, he's right there with that, that second tier. But there's also a lot of mouths to feed there. So that probably takes us to the late rounds. So here's the late round quarterbacks that um, in, in sort of the order that I have it, okay? Uh, I have it, John o. Smith, Hunter Henry. Like literally, I, I I have them neck and neck. I'm still trying to decipher how that's going to work out. Uh, then I have Evan Ingram, I have Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, Kyle Pitts, Irv Smith, 
I think that's a, that's the group. That's that's the group because then outside of those guys, outside of Irv Smith, I have Gronk, Cole Komet, Eric Ebron, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, Gerald Everett. Like that takes me to twenty three. I think those guys are all draftable, but the first group is the upside group, so that's the group that I'm going to be targeting. If I'm going to punt at the position, why not punt with somebody like Evan Ingram who? Honestly, is still young, is still super athletic on a team that's likely going to be better. Why not punt with Tyler Higby, who we know what he's capable of and now doesn't have Gerald Everett there? Why not punt with Irv Smith, who doesn't have Kyle Rudolph there and has a lot of upside? Now, it is run-heavy offense, though. You know, we could grab um, Hayden Hurst. Not as much upside. Or you could pick your poison with one of the New England guys, and either one of them could outplay where I have them. Maybe Kyle Pitts, too. I don't like rookie tight ends. He's probably going to go higher than I'm willing to draft him. But I think that's the strategy this year. I don't think it's go after one of those safer guys, by the way. I don't think it's 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 optimal to go, or not even safer guys, maybe like lower floor for someone like Cole Komet. We don't even know what he is yet. I can't call him safe. Um, Austin Hooper, like it's not super sexy. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna go late round tight end, it better be freaking sexy. I want at least one ooh or one ah. Or one nice pick, bro, when I put his name on the board in the late rounds. <laughs> I, that's what I want. Anyway, there you go. So uh, these rankings, by the way, people have been asking about FTN, uh, fantasy.com with the rankings. So we have, um, you know, we have our dev team setting up the setting up the rankers so we can get these on the site along with uh, the updated dynasty rankings from yours truly so be on the lookout for that that's coming very soon at ftnfantasy.com by the way if you play dfs baseball go check out ftndaily.com you can use the promo code ratpack to get you 20% off which is 50 bucks on the subscription for the entire year and that includes the brand new optimizer which is freaking awesome you know, optimizers can be really complicated. Ours has a lot of functionality to it, but it's not like intimidating to use. So I love what we've done there. It is definitely worth checking out over at FTNDaily.com. Remember, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, use the hashtag RatPack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And I put a special tweet out today on Twitter. That's where you put tweets out. <laughs> that has uh, the cover of the 2021 FTN Rookie Fantasy Guide. Oh, baby. This thing is sweet. This thing is sweet. So go check that out. I tweeted that out earlier today. All right. I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for Mock Draft 3.0, baby. Looking forward to it. All right. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.